Hello, I'm Penelope Maver and welcome to Earth Converse podcast. I launched it on Earth Day and so this is the first real episode. As mentioned in my launch, this podcast will be a mix of styles and contributors. At the core will be the exploration of what is our relationship with the Earth. How do we converse with the Earth? What conversations are we having and which ones do we need to have? It is an ongoing exploration. But to start, here is where I am, with it all in my current consciousness and experience. And offering my thoughts, I invite you to reflect on yours. Every so often, I will follow a particular reflection point with the forest sound. Pause at this point or not, it is up to you. So to start, you know, the conversations we're having, one spectrum that pops up for me is represented by the Nature is Speaking series, created a few years ago by Conservation International. You may recall it. Its focus was on giving nature a voice, and it was a pretty much a star-studded lineup um, who spoke on behalf of nature. Here is Julia Roberts speaking as Mother Nature. Some call me nature. Others call me Mother Nature. I've been here for over four and a half billion years. 22,500 times longer than you. I don't really need people, but people need me. Yes, your future depends on me. When I thrive, you thrive. When I falter, you falter. Or worse. But I've been here for eons. I have fed species greater than you, and I have starved species greater than you. My oceans. My soil. My flowing streams, my forests, they all can take you or leave you. How you choose to live each day, whether you regard or disregard me, doesn't really matter to me. One way or the other, your actions will determine your fate, not mine. I am nature. I will go on. I am prepared to evolve. Are you? So on one end of the spectrum, nature is worth protecting for itself. Many are engaged in conversations at this side. But I think most of the conversations are on the other side, where nature is to serve humans. And even then, nature is hardly mentioned. I agree with Conservation International that the wider natural world does not need us. Records show our existence on this earth as human beings is but a sliver. It existed before us, and once we have gone, nature will continue to evolve. And as humans, yes, we need it for our survival, but also for our peace, growth, and spiritual evolution. And I think what this message misses out on is that ourselves are part of nature. We are from the earth. 
So at this point, I invite you to consider where you are on the spectrum. You know, nature is worth protecting for its own sake, or nature is to serve humans. I go back to the wisdom of Desiderata, that beautiful prose by Max Ehrman, and the line, you are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars, you have a right to be here. And I think that is where we need our consciousness and our conversations, from, a, from not a sense of superiority, but as each of us being one of the many miracle beings and non-beings on the earth, one that recognises our interconnectedness. And I see climate change as sixth extinction and the current pandemic stemming from a great disconnect, the disconnect we have with ourselves, our own true nature, and the wider natural earth and its beings. It's a simple example, but just before lockdown at a beach cleanup, there on a beautiful lookout where many people had obviously gone to enjoy this stunning view at a special time, um, but then had left cigarette butts, uh, empty wine bottles, beer cans, chip packets. And it was just, it's just an example of how we compartmentalize experiences, how we close off our senses, how we create barriers between others, you know, the view and me. We are, in many respects, alienated from our own souls, our own inner true nature. And so we lose respect for ourselves and we respect. Um, lose respect for the outer nature, resulting in pollution and degradation of the environment. Possibly, we know more than ever about the universe. But then the paradox is that we have this less intimate relationship with it um, than any human has ever had. So you know, my work and this podcast is to help with that reconnection. And a question I will ask my guests, um, how will you describe your connection and relationship with nature? How has it evolved over time? So I'd like you to consider that. Maybe you want to pause for a moment or stop the podcast at this point and take a longer time to reflect and come back. For me, I would describe my journey as like deepening awareness and appreciation, um, a deepening intimacy and expansiveness, a journey from being obliviously immersed in it as a child to being increasingly aware adult, that the relationship is fundamental to not only my well-being, but my evolution. It is how I like to spend my time to relax. Um, it's a key source of learning and wisdom. It is how I like to connect with the people that I love. It has um, become part of my identity. It's part, it's part of my career. And I've been a leadership consultant for over 25 years. And, and, and nature has become more and more part of how I work with leaders. So to expand a little bit on that journey... Um, as a child, I grew up in a small town in the bottom of uh, South Island of New Zealand, so I'm a Kiwi kid, 
And um, I'm one of three girls. My dad was a veterinary surgeon. My mom is an animal lover. And like any any child probably of the 70s in a small town, you know, it's, uh, the outside was really important. We had this uh, rental property. We lived on the property of the vet clinic. And so there's a garden and paddocks and uh, trees. And we, you know, we had lots of animals. We had uh, cats and dogs and guinea pigs and a few uh, goats and at one time a rooster and um, sheep and most importantly, uh, our ponies. And uh, also had like uh, a bone cave. My older sister and I created a bone cave. I can't really remember where we actually got the bones, but we would hang them up in the trees and take our friends there. My dad uh, made me a tree house. I love the faraway tree, so any sort of connection with a tree. So it was very much enjoying you know, friends and family time, on uh, on farms and uh, being in the mountains skiing, very fortunate, uh, jumping into rivers and, and feeling quite free. And uh, so another big chunk is at university. After my Bachelor of Arts in Political Studies, I did my Master's in Regional Resource Planning, sort of New Zealand's equivalent of sustainable development law at the time because New Zealand was the first country to adopt the Rio Declaration on Environment and Development. And so this sort of integration of environmental, social and economic factors has been the lens from which I've worked as an urban planner, strategic policy analysis, a regeneration manager, and as a leadership consultant. And now I help uh, sustainable leaders have the conversations they need to which is often with themselves and the earth. And as an adult, I've become, you know, really aware of how important my relationship and connection with nature is for my well-being as a way to reset and recharge. Even in li living in cities, Auckland, London, Brighton, Trieste and Roma, wherever I have been living, I've sought out parks and water as sort of a, a daily practice. I'm not alone. We we turn to wider nature, the natural world, as intuitively as a child turns to its mother. And we see this vividly with COVID-19 uh, quarantine. We so understood why so many of us were out on that mountain trail the weekend the lockdown was announced. I remember a young family was really tense with anticipation of how they will cope with it all. A mountain runner was already feeling constrained by the thought of Four walls, somebody was deep in contemplation. There were dog water, walkers wondering what how things would work. There were these four teenage girls letting off steam and yelling into the forest. It was really gorgeous. And a pregnant woman taking in some fresh air and good vibe with good vibe with her partner and friends. You know, she was literally sort of really taking as much air as she could. You know, for whatever reason we were there, we all knew we would feel better as a result of being on that mountain trail. Um, we didn't need the studies showing the therapeutic effects of it. The no shit Sherlock studies, as my friend Roy, who you also hear from, uh, likes to call them. Uh, you know, because it's blindingly obvious. You just have to experience it for yourself. And so at this point, I'm curious about the role the natural world plays in your resetting and recharging and general well-being.
So beyond the reset and recharging factor, my relationship with nature has really deepened through learning from key influences who I will um, hopefully come you know, be on the uh, podcasts, um, if not in person. Um, they'll be represented through their writings and thoughts. Um, two books from Bill Plotkin, specifically Soulcraft and Wild Mind. Uh, the Rites of Passage School of Lost, Lost Borders and their guides, including the wise and wonderful Raymond Hillis, who has had a profound impact on my life. Um, through them, I have become intimate with nature, really consciously connecting and dedicating time to be in it and with it. And three learnings um, I'll present. And the first one, sort of being, not just doing. Um, secondly, sort of feeling part of nature and contemplating being part of it. And thirdly, nature is a mirror. I'll talk about these now and will undoubtedly return to them in other podcasts. So the first one um, being, not just doing, and I remember it was the 22nd of August 2014 when I realised I had never consciously sat or been in nature to just let things emerge and to observe the unfolding of that. I was in Mallorca, staying with my sister and her family at the time, when I did my medicine walk as part of a preparation for the vision fast. I'll tell you about both of those in more detail at some point. Basically, it's a solitude time in nature. Uh, you're fasting and you're out there dawn to dusk and you're with nature noticing what's emerging. Um, having sort of a set, an intention around that. And I was just acutely aware that until then I had always done something in nature, you know, it was walking or hiking, exploring, doing sports, picnicking, talking with my friends, whatever. I just never been. And so it was a really profound moment, a profound experience of being still with nature. And it's one of the reasons why I returned to live on the island, really, because that sense of connection I had on that day and that experience um, really meant so much to me. So um, secondly, and it's kind of related, it's sort of an, um, is the feeling part of nature and also the contemplation of being part of nature. And I've been practicing mindfulness and vipassana meditation for about 10 years. And I'm grateful for the experiences of connection and sense of belonging through that. And there's certainly been times when I have felt at one with the world, as if there's no boundary between me and the universe, that, um, that I, there was just a dissolving of that. And, um, and that embodied experience stays with me. I don't always experience it, but it stays with me. And um, Ray Hillis, who I mentioned, he's a depth psychotherapist and uh, a vision guide. And he really reminded me that everything is sourced from raw materials. We're you know, born from the elements. It is just a spectrum of raw to processed. Yes, the orange tree I picked from the tree, orange that I picked from the tree is closer to nature than the computer I'm recording this podcast on, but it's all from source. And certainly that felt knowing that nature is us and all around us 
has helped me face like the quarantine. For sure, the quarantine has been harder if you've not had open space. Um, but nature is all around us. And I had a lovely conversation with a coachee talking about this on a, on a call recently. Um, she shared how her mother was visiting them in Amsterdam from Togo in West Africa. And how every morning her mother would hold her granddaughter to the window of the apartment saying, good morning, sun, good morning, clouds. And my coachee admitted that at first her and her husband thought, oh, my goodness, she's gone crazy. You know, there's no nature here. We live in the city. But then upon reflection, you know, my coachee said, yeah, I realize there is. Nature is around us. My mum was right well along. So... Whatever type of place we live in, wherever we live, we can get some vitamin N, as Richard Louvre coined it, some vitamin nature. and get to talk to him, hopefully, too. I wrote about being at home in nature at the start of the quarantine. And now seven weeks on, I have not laid on the earth, sat on a rock or under a tree. But I have felt the air on my skin, listened to birdsong, and looked up to the big blue sky, or the big cloudy sky. I've danced naked in the rain, and slept under the stars on my terrace. So, the invitation is, wherever you are, just to sit in this nature around you. The third profound learning for me in my evolving relationship and connection with the earth is understanding and experiencing it as a mirror. The double meaning universe, the real and the symbolic, the thresholds you know, between inner and outer worlds, action and contemplation. We'll go uh, deeper into this uh, when I bring in some contributors, but um, certainly you know, the School of Lost Borders taught me you know, the the moon is the moon and a guide. You know, bird in the sky is a bird in the sky, but also a symbol. A mosquito is a pest and a messenger. A star is a star and an angel. An animal is an animal and a spirit. And I remember the first time I consciously became aware of this mirroring effect. I was at a Vipassana meditation retreat in Italy and was on a short walk in between sessions. And I was sort of criticizing myself for being trapped in this, this cycle of thinking and obsessed with this thought and um, even criticizing the criticizing. And I had looked up and I saw an eagle circling. And I thought, yeah, it's, that's what I do. I'm just circling round and round. And then I looked in a little bit closer and I just thought, actually, with every circling, it's getting higher. And so that gave me lots of liberation and sort of understanding that, yes, we may return back and, and um, it takes time to change, but in every, in every bit of awareness, we get more free. And this has carried over to a good understanding of myself and, and has helped me working with coaches and leaders. And sometimes it just happens um, really uh, sort of subconsciously. I remember the time in New Zealand I was solo in the mountains and was feeling um, anxious at some point in the morning. And then 
then it's sort of all of a sudden I had this feeling of being held. And I had noticed I had lined up sort of in between the sun and the moon. And I had this incredible sense of safety and belonging and connection. And I truly can access that feeling wherever I am. It's been absolutely beautiful. And so I've learned, you know, I've also learned, you know, take it to the land, the idea of asking questions and, and seeking answers through nature's wisdom. I will revisit and expand on this through podcasts too. Um, but I can say that I've developed a particular relationship you know, with a rock and a tree here. And I often go and seek their wisdom. So a core purpose of this podcast is to share ways to connect with the earth. And so that's just a few here now, like being in nature, contemplating being part of it, intentionally engaging with it. And uh, it's an invitation for you to take a conscious practice of being in nature, even in lockdown. So to be with nature for one or two hours, you decide. And just do nothing except observe, observe yourself and your surrounds. Pay attention to what is in you and around you. And notice what takes your intention, attention internally and externally. Go without distractions, your watch or your phone. You may want to journal. Tell people what you're doing. Stay safe and enjoy the experience. I'll pause here and see you back here for the next Earth Converse podcast. Let me know what you think and what you need so these podcasts can be helpful and meaningful for you. In the meantime, enjoy Earth. One conversation at a time.